Hey, travelers. Just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy, travelers. So we made it, guys. We're at the last episode of season one. Congratulations, everybody. Awesome. It's a pretty good feeling. Very, very cool. I'm very stoked. We've got a, a wrap on the first season. Man, when we were contemplating episode number one and just getting started on this, can't believe we're already at the end of our first season. Stoked for many more to come. Yeah. Absolutely. Today we dropped the 14th episode of the season. And would you know it that we actually crossed over our 1200 listen mark today? That's awesome. I mean, we were ecstatic when we had 10. Absolutely. We're at 1,200. That's pretty insane for the short amount of time that we've uh, been doing this. So I looked up pretty interesting podcasting statistic, and it says that 85% of the podcasts that start do not make it past episode seven, and that an additional 7% don't make it to the end of their first season. So we're already in the 8% that made it to their first season. We're going to start season two. Does anybody want to share a little bit of information about season two? Do we want to put anything out there or we just want to let it go? Um, There's a lot of exciting things coming up. I think we should uh, surprise them with it. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. I'm just thinking about where we've come, where we started from, right? And the growth that we've had. So like going to our very first interview and growing from there to the interview that we just dropped a tremendous amount of growth, just learning new things, finding out what works, figuring out how to interview people, getting Wes on board with this podcast and really completing it in my mind with the skill set that he brought to the table, a huge knowledge base. As far as season two rolling in, I have so much confidence in us that we are in so much of a better spot than we were starting off season one where we really didn't know very much and we're like, you know what? We've been planning and planning and preparing for long enough. It's time to just start doing it. And clearly it's worked. People seem to like it. The content that we're putting out, our diversity, being able to just really branch into whatever comes up. And I'm super stoked for what's coming up for season two. All those ideas, all those, we really want to get to this at some point. We want to do that at some point. And now we're at the point where we're just going to start throwing it all out there, getting it all on the table, really being what we wanted this to be. I didn't think that we would get here this fast. I thought we were definitely going to have to go through a lot more growing pains. You know, even if we don't get Joe Rogan big, I'm <laughs> excited to see where this project is going to go. You know, you talked about the end of the Appalachian Tales episode, the way you're thinking, Randall of this is what we were going for, this exactly having a platform for people to throw all that stuff out there. When we were first starting out and we really didn't have anybody that wanted to come on and now we have people lined up and we're getting guest appearances and that dynamic that we have between my viewpoint, Wes's viewpoint, your viewpoint, Jeremy, we're going to be going places. This is exciting. I sure hope so. That would be awesome. We're going to actually be doing some guest appearances on other podcasts. I can't necessarily put out the information out of respect for those other podcasts, but be on the lookout for our Twitter and Facebook 
we will put that out there so you can check out our appearances on some other podcasts. We have some guests that we're going to have onto the show, some new guests, might have some old guests back on, who knows. And we also want to dive more into the YouTube side of the world too. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Let us know what you want to hear. A lot of season two is already planned, but there is some holes that we can fill. If somebody comes out and they say, hey, I really want to hear you talk about this, let us know. We are going to do the fan appreciation episode again. We're going to do that every single season. I don't feel like that's a spoiler. Start thinking about these topics that you want us to do in that rapid fire format. We definitely are looking forward to for the fans too, but we need content. So let us know. Start that now. Other than that, I'm ecstatic that I finally got a chance to be able to do a podcast on a subject I love. I feel like we've built an all-star team for the cast of this podcast, (laughs) and I couldn't be happier with this. This is something that I put a lot of pride into, and I just want to say thank you to my co-hosts. Without you two, this podcast definitely wouldn't have been what it is today. And a special thank you to everybody who takes the chance to listen to this podcast. Infinite Rabbit Hole definitely would not be where it is today without you. And we definitely wouldn't be excited about the future without you. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to all the fans that take the time to listen to us. Immensely appreciated. So in in case you were wondering when season two was going to drop, we're planning on dropping the first episode of season two on January 8th. So make sure you uh, check us out. I can't wait. That's right. Mark those calendars. All right. Let's shut up so we can let everybody get on with their day and and enjoy this episode on our dissection of the Patterson-Gimlin film, Introducing Bigfoot to the World. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on Infinite Rabbit Hole. Today we're going to be breaking down the historic Patterson-Gimlin film from 1967. Given our insights, our opinions, thanks for joining us. Jeremy, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good, man. That was great. Dude, was it? (laughs) I thought that was like pre-recorded. That sounded like you were coming off a script, dude. (laughs) Dude, I was winging it. You like it? (laughs) It... (laughs) That was perfect. Sounds like you're going to be leading it in from now on. For now on. That's it. You're (laughs) done. Yours. Your job. All right. Fair enough. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm good, man. (laughs) Can't even answer a simple question. Jeez. How are you doing, Jake? (laughs) I'm doing very well. And also, we're here with Wes. Wes, what's going on? Not much. Ready to go over this with you guys. I got some uh, interesting insights, points of view, hope to go over with. All right, cool. So we're here to talk about the Patterson Gimlin film. Guys, you've heard of this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Anyone who knows about Bigfoot has probably heard about it or at least seen it. Right. So everybody who's ever heard of Bigfoot has seen the famous picture of Patty, which is the Bigfoot, looking over at the camera. The famous frame 352 is the most famous picture or image of a Sasquatch in all of history. We all agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's memes. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> even even the famous silhouette of a Bigfoot that you see on people's cars or on their mugs or on any kind of merchandise with Bigfoot, 
uses this image as the backdrop for that image. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so important to all of Bigfoot. It's everything. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's the one piece of evidence that those who believe in Bigfoot use as undeniable evidence that there is such a thing as Bigfoot. Personally. Now, I don't know if you guys wanted to jump into this yet, but I'm just going to put it all on the table. I 110% believe that you're looking at a real live creature in this video. I think that this is 100% a Bigfoot. This is not a man in a costume. This is the real thing. And you're never, unless we actually capture a Sasquatch, you're never going to get something like this again. I don't know, man. Like, the more I break it down, the more research I do, it just looks faker and faker every single time. I'm not really leaning one way or the other. There's definitely some things that are odd about it, but also some things that don't make sense if it is fake. We're definitely going to get into that. No, I was just kidding. I totally believe that it's a real thing. <laughs> this thing is so cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, man, like I was really <laughs> interested in the, where you were coming from. I was like, oh, great, cool. I, I want to hear Jake's side of this first because, I mean, I, I have gone through my skepticism of this video and I've ridden the roller coaster, but I have made up my mind long ago that this is 100% a real life creature. It was through the research that I did for this episode. So I've seen the video before. We've discussed it a couple times. We discussed it for the To Bigfoot or Not To Bigfoot episode. I looked into it, and, well, getting ready for this episode is when I actually did it, the deepest dive I've done on that video and seeing people just breaking it down left and right, how the muscle structures are, how the walk is, the stride gait, you know, the way that the Bigfoot is pretty much putting one foot in front of the other and lifting its foot all the way up, the, why that happens, how that relays to primates and how they walk, primates that we know about. Dude, it just seems mm -hmm. so real. And I was walking around my house today. I was telling my wife about it and having her walk like that. And I was like, try to make that look natural and also make sure you have a 40-inch stride. Right. Like, it was insane. So let's talk about the, that stride real quick, right? That's I think that's one of the best evidence for this other than the jiggly thighs. I can't get over that. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the stride. So humans, we do not have a break in the middle of our foot. And a lot of the great ape species, they have what's called a mid tarsal break. And that's basically another joint right in the middle of their foot. And this specimen, Patty, the stride just screams that this thing has another joint in its foot. When this thing is walking... As the, the one foot is transitioning the foot that's on the ground, the foot that's on the ground is coming up, lifting its heel, and then you can see this, the break in the middle of the foot there, and it comes up, and the foot pad is a perfect 90-degree angle to the ground. We don't walk like that. Just like you, Jake, I'm sitting there walking around my house trying to mock this thing. I'm having my kids do it. It is so hard to do it. And then on top of that, if this is a man in a costume, right, this is a big costume and it's a tight costume. It's not so it doesn't look like pajamas or anything like that. Somebody would have to practice this and 
I, I just don't even think that it could be physically done by a man in a monkey costume. And also, not to mention, the animal that you see in this video doesn't lock its knees. People lock our knees when, I, when we walk. This thing never locked its knees. That's actually a really good point. I was going to bring up the degree angle of his shin to the ground. Or her, rather, Patty. When this Sasquatch is walking... The degree angle of its shin to the parallel ground is 73 degrees. So it's not exactly 90 degrees. You can see the whole bottom of the foot, but the bend in the knee in relation to the ground is a 73 degree angle. That's insane. Versus how we walk, which is a 52 degree angle. Almost everybody walks with their knee or their, their shin at a set or a 52 degree angle from the ground. So... There's videos on this, and I'll, I'll definitely give a shout out to where I'm getting these, this information from. But it's a perfect stride. It's not a person trying to, oh, got to walk like this, make sure this foot sticks up in the air, now bring it back down, and then do it again and do it again. Every single time it takes a step, it's a perfect 73-degree angle. And what that can tell you is that this thing walks just like that. Either it's a person with a really, really weird walk, that just does that naturally, or this is something else entirely. With the thing with the mid-tarsal break, I was looking into that, and I realized it's the impression of the footprint. So when we have our toes come down into the bottom of our foot, the footprints, when they're looking at them, the deepest impression is more along where our arch would be. So because they have that bend in their foot from the mid-tarsal break, that's the deepest part of the footprint because they're coming up at that angle or coming up at that spot versus if it was a person with really, really, really big feet, the deepest impression would be on the ball of the foot where our toes connect to it. And I was looking at that and I was looking at the, the way that they, that it was walking and the degree angle. And I was like, I mean, I was trying to replicate it over and over and over again. And even the, his name is failing me. Maybe you guys know. But there is a man that claimed to be the guy that was inside of the Bigfoot costume. Bob Hieronymus. There you go. And he was on video replicating the walk. And guess what? His angle was 52 degrees. He couldn't replicate the walk. He had the arm stride. He had the turn. He had the head turn, all that stuff down, but he couldn't replicate the walk. He also locked his knees. There you go. I mean, anyone can watch that video and practice the movements that we're seeing and replicate them as best they can, right? Like, But I feel like the reason for the degree of their shin to the ground, uh, the only thing that makes sense to me is that is because of it has such a long stride. Like each step is covering so much ground. As they plant their foot and take the next step, the next stride is going so far. Back foot is being, you know, almost dragged. <laughs> it's just so far back. Like I can't remember off the top of my head how big they estimated Patty to be larger animal. It makes sense for them to have something like that that we can't replicate, that we can't physically do without like really going over the top to do it. Robert Patterson, the guy who filmed it, he originally estimated Patty to be at six feet. But after further investigation into the film and everything, people now believe that this thing was seven and a half feet tall. Mm -hmm. So I, I have some reservations when it comes to the walk. 
some of my brain saying, yes, it's a real thing, and the other half of my brain still being a skeptic. For me, the thing I'm curious about with the walk, and I might do this at home just to see, but what if that is a costume, and say that those feet that I'm looking at, the one, this picture I'm looking at with its foot pretty much sticking straight up in the air, or at least you know you can see the whole bottom of it, if that was a piece of wood, would someone walk like that if that foot didn't flex? If they mm. were walking in a weird way, because unlike our feet, it had no flex to it, and they're kind of walking as someone would if they're wearing, say, flippers for swimming. So that's something that I'm going to try to replicate. But at the same time, that thing's stride is perfect. It doesn't stumble. It doesn't trip up. It's got a perfect stride. And also, if that was a person in a costume, why would they think to walk differently? And that's kind of why it's I'm leaning towards if that thing was a piece of wood, if it was something strapped to their, the bottom of their feet, were they walking like that because it was cumbersome and in the way and they're kind of trying not to trip on it? So they're lifting their foot all the way up off the ground and then bringing it forward and planting it again? Or is it an animal that walks like this? If you put me in a monkey suit or in a an ape suit and told me to walk across a creek bed, I wouldn't think to walk any differently unless I had to for some reason, like the costume was getting in the way of the way I was walking. But that thing's stride is perfect. It doesn't change. Not to mention, it's not looking when it's walking. It's said to, to have been looking at actually Bob Gimlin and not Roger Patterson in that famous frame, but it's not looking where it's going. So this thing is obviously comfortable in what it's doing. I'm trying to think because you you brought up a good point there about, you know, what if this is like a, a wood foot flop or something, right? Right. So when I go snorkeling, right, I have some flippers that I use to go snorkeling. And when I walk, I have to walk completely different. I have to walk with my feet perfectly parallel to the floor. If I even want to think about lifting my foot up to a 90 degree angle, I'm falling flat on my face. And that's both in the water and out of the water. Sure. I don't know. I don't think so. The The stride is too normal. It's too comfortable. You also got to think about the ground that it's walking on. This is a, a creek bed, so it's got rocks and sticks and holes and all kinds of crap that this thing could trip over. It's not holding me up. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think, Wes? The whole idea of the foot being some type of contraption, if it is fake, right? Let's say this is a person in a costume. If there's some type of contraption where it allows, say the person's foot is actually on the, the heel side of the foot, you know, so that the forward part is just, I don't know, whatever. Because that would be the only place that would make sense to actually have their foot. There's no way that they have their foot and their ankle bending in a way that there's nothing on, on the heel portion, right? If that makes sense. But as it's taking its steps, the footprints that it leave behind, you, you easily be able to tell that uh, the footprint, all the weight is on wherever the, the person's foot in the suit is at. But when you see the the imprints and the molds taken of them, you know, it's an even like weight distribution through the whole print. And to me, that lends to it being more credible, in my opinion. Another thing that I noticed in one of the videos that Jeremy sent me, uh, someone brought up the hands and the fingers. 
as it's walking, you see the hand kind of like clenches a little bit, like brings the fingers in. And I, I was thinking about it, like, is that a natural movement for a person or whatever? Because one of the th arguments I've heard about it being fake is it's a person in a suit, right? And for them to make it seem like they're much bigger than they are, there's like some type of extension or something right? to make it seem like the arms are longer or whatever. But when you watch the film, if you watch one of the ones where it's been updated AI software to bring it to a higher resolution so you can see much better you can clearly see that the hand as the arm comes up and is parallel with the ground the fingers are coming in towards the palm and i here in my room I have my hand down by my side and then if i bring it up to be uh parallel with the ground my fingers naturally come in and if someone's in a suit with a prosthetic forearm or whatever would they even think of doing that i don't think so and also the hands are huge you know you look at the video and the hands are very large. It's obviously not someone's hand in like a glove of some sort. To me, that's that lends to the credibility of the video. I'm happy that you brought up the arms, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we've all seen the arms on this thing. This thing, its hands come down almost to its kneecaps. And that's obviously not the proportion that a human being would be in. Now, if you look at all the great apes, orangutans, chimpanzees, gorillas, their arms are much longer than ours. They go way down farther past where our hands would normally rest. Another thing too, I don't know if you noticed, but the legs on this thing are disproportionate to the upper body of it. The legs are thick, right? They're thick, but they're short. If a human had the same proportions, you would look at them and be like, wow, your legs are really short. And that's another characteristic with great apes. I mean, imagine a gorilla, a chimpanzee, or an orangutan. They have shorter legs than they do their torsos. But I think this is a perfect segue into the technology and the costumes of the day. Yeah, that one blew my mind. <laughs> All right, so this video was filmed in 1967. One year later, the first Planet of the Apes was released. The very best that Hollywood could do with, who knows, maybe an unlimited resources was those weird rubber monkey costumes from Planet of the Apes. Turns out that the only reason why they're wearing clothes is because they had to find a way to cover up the seams and the zippers and the Velcro and they couldn't figure out a way to make the hair lie flat so that they could cover that stuff up so they dressed them. The very best they could do was Planet of the Apes. And this is Hollywood. And they make some pretty outrageous stuff. Turns out they weren't able to make a suit that looked this good for another 40 years. I can't look at that and think that some random guy made that in his garage if Hollywood's best couldn't do it. There's no fucking way. <laughs> well said. There's no fucking way. So I, I've seen a video today of somebody, you know, because I, I wanted to see the other side of this. And they're like, look at the seam in the back right down the middle. No dipshit. That's a fucking spine. This is an animal. It has a spine. The hair grows in a, <laughs> in a formation to where it highlights the spine. Shut up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so passionate about this particular video because this thing, I, I just don't know how science has this gold in its hands and looks at it and says, oh, this is shit. And it's like, no, man, this is pure gold. This is a Sasquatch. They're so quick to debunk everything. And this is the only thing that hasn't been debunked. This thing has muscle. You can see its traps. You can see its delts. You can see its thigh jiggling. Its boob shake. I mean, 
Jeez, man. What else do you have to say? This is a real life creature in this video. Done. Not to mention what the videos that you were showing us earlier. I'm sorry, Wes. Do you want to go? I was just going to bring up one of the things that doesn't make any sense to me if this is fake is why they would think of putting boobs on it. <laughs> you know, like right. That, I mean, from every gorilla I've ever seen, like real life ones at the zoo and whatnot, they don't have boobs or whatever, you know, like they they look pretty fairly identical to the male counterpart except for in size overall, right? And if this was a suit, like it it would ha would have had to have been custom made because you're not going to be buying no gorilla suit that has boobs on it because who the, who the hell is going to think of doing that in the first place? And if someone custom made it, how would they think to do that? Like that's the one thing, like it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know, it's 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 very, very odd, but... I mean, that's the one that's one of the things that makes me believe that it is real. Who would have thought of that? No, for sure. Just to add to it, the videos that Jeremy sent us, and we're definitely going to have to link them in the description, that one video that shows that there might have been two or three or four of these things, and this is the only one that was just straight on filmed. Mm -hmm. There's so much compelling evidence to say that this is a real thing. Just to kind of bring everybody in i sent them a bunch of videos today because i spent the entire day just watching videos <laughs> on this which i've done very often in my life except for this time i had a perfect excuse because i had the podcast that i have to be able to report to so my wife couldn't get upset with me today when i spent all day doing quote unquote i'm doing bunny ears right now research <laughs> <laughs> so i literally loved my day i sat down and watched video after video of patterson gimlin film i sent them two particular videos. Now the the one that says that there might be two of them. I don't necessarily buy what that guy was saying, but I do want to talk about the one that said there could be three because there is actually a conspiracy theory here. I don't know if you guys know about this. I did not send you guys this video and I didn't know if I was ever going to get to this today, but this is a perfect segue into this and I kind of want to give you guys this information. Hold on, Jeremy, before you get into that, I think this is a perfect time to do a quick commercial break and we're back. All right, Jeremy, what do you have for us? Jeez, man, I had to sit there and wait for that damn commercial. All right. I did send you guys one video where the guy broke down the 53 seconds of Patty walking across the creek bed. He pointed out two particular spots in the film where he believes that there are two other Sasquatches that are off in the distance a little bit, right? One is a juvenile, which is attached to a tree, and one is another full grown it's theorized that it's a male you if you just draw a straight beeline from where patty's walking straight into the tree line he's right there waiting for her. now the theory is that patty was actually meant to be seen like she wanted to be seen by patterson and gimlin because they she was trying to ease them to get them to follow her to walk into an ambush from this other uh, Sasquatch to protect the juvenile that she was walking away from. Little known story or theory. This is the, the conspiracy theory behind the Patterson Gimlin film. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that it was a fake, but there's a theory that they were actually a large group of people on this expedition. And it wasn't just Patterson and Gimlin, but they were all armed and how they originally came to the group of Sasquatches was they had come over a small ridge in the forest. And as they were coming up to the, the peak of the ridge, one of the other guys 
pointed out that there was three Sasquatches all sitting in a circle in a small clearing that ended up being the creek bed. And as the horses were making noise when they were coming down the hill, the young one and the what was thought to be the male ran into the woods in two different directions. And the female stood up and stood her ground. And as they came closer, that's when she started walking towards the male. Now, if you watch the whole clip that I sent you, there's a lot of things that are cut out. Okay, it, it's not a fluent clip, the entire video of the Patterson Gimlin film, which is much longer than the 53 seconds that you see Patty. You have a lot of start and goes. You have a lot of little clips about nothing, you know, just people riding horseback in the woods. You do see a couple of other people that aren't Patterson or Gimlin in these clips, but it was theorized that they did at one point edit that film, which was absolutely doable at the time to remove the fact that they were so heavily armed going into the woods to look for Bigfoot. Because back in the day in the Bigfoot community, especially since Robert Patterson had his own Bigfoot research group, it was kind of shunned upon to think about killing one of these things since the population could be so small that they did not want to give the the image that they were out there to kill one. Uh, so they had cut out all that other stuff to preserve the image of their research group. Have you guys heard of any of that? I That's have the not. first time I've ever heard it. Now, I've seen a couple videos today, and it wasn't just one of them. You can go onto YouTube, and you can find people that will talk about that. That is a theory out there. Yeah, that'd be interesting to find. Yeah, because editing back in the day, I mean, it wasn't simple, but it wasn't impossible. It came down to physically cutting the film and splicing it back together as long as the holes lined up so that the film didn't get caught up when it was in the reel. Everything was good and they can actually do it fairly easy. So what about that first one then or the the first video with with the two Sasquatches? You see the one first one dip into the woods and then it pans over to Patty which was left out of the second video you showed us, which had Patty, the young one, and then the big male behind the tree. So could there have been four? Could there have been? Yes, there could have been. So Bob Gimlin, when he tells the story, is that Robert Patterson jumped off his horse, grabbed the 9mm camcorder, started recording this creature. He fell and then got back up and started recording again. Under my theory, okay, and I, I'm only regurgitating this from other videos, it makes sense to me is that they edited it right at that point where you see that one Sasquatch walk off into the woods mm -hmm. and then another Sasquatch just magically appears a little bit farther down the creek. It actually, you can see a part in that video where the screen goes almost white. And I think that it was edited there to remove the fact that Robert Patterson fell. I think you're seeing Patty as she walks into the woods and then comes back out because it, it was said in a video today that she was actually walking towards the uh, juvenile at first and then thought better of it and started walking towards the male to take the uh, the you know take the attention away from the area where the juvenile was and put it in a different area draw them into an ambush so that the big male can rip their arms off exactly now do you actually believe that there is more than one bigfoot in that video so I can't see the juvenile in the tree. And I watched that nice remaster of the 4K that I sent you guys. Beautiful. Whoever did that did a beautiful job. 
but I do see in the 4K, you can see the male. I do think that there is a there is another full size one at the end of the clip, but I don't see the juvenile. Because for me, I didn't see either of them. I was looking and squinting hard, <laughs> but I could I couldn't see it personally. To me, I, once the one guy that was talking about it, right, he said that he paused the video and printed out right. those particular frames, and they print it in black and white, and that's how he was able to see that there was other Bigfoot there. Looking at those pictures and then looking at all the other videos that are out there, even the ones that have been upscaled to 4K and whatnot, I don't see it. And I honestly believe that it's more of like, if you are looking for something, you're going to see it because that's what you want to see. And that could absolutely be the case. I definitely could be looking at that because it is kind of hard to see. Even in that nice remastered 4K video, it is kind of hard to see that the full grown and it could absolutely just be a tree. So I'll have to go and relook at it and not want to see it, I guess. <laughs> but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I mean... Just like one of the other things that I think about when I, I'm looking at that, the whole theory behind it, right? Well, or at least the theory in that particular video you're talking about, uh, the guy is saying that the mother is trying to lead Patterson and Gimlin away from her, her child and lead it to the male that's laying and waiting to ambush them, right? But to me, that doesn't really make any sense because if you look everywhere else in the animal kingdom, including us, if our child is potentially in danger, we're coming right at whatever the threat is. I can't think of a single example of a mother leaving their cub or child or whatever you want to call them, just walking away in an attempt to lead the threat away from their child. So to me, that that theory doesn't really hold that much water for me. Like I said, mother bears or mothers in general, they want to protect their cub at any and all costs. That's throughout the entire animal kingdom, uh, including us. That is true. The only ones I've seen of the animals that do the display of come get me i'm injured are birds mm -hmm. uh their mammals primates usually are very confrontational so that is absolutely true they don't lead away they come right up to the source and they do their very best to kill the the issue or to make it back down mm -hmm. and leave yeah and for me if this is what the bigfoot is attempting to do it seems like a very odd behavior when evolution has dictated that we act completely different from that. Two things here. Mm -hmm. One, black bears have been documented to leave their cubs in a tree when there is danger around. So the cubs will climb up into a tree and a mother has been known to try to bring humans or whatever else, another bear away from that tree that has been documented but we're talking about an ape we're not talking about a bear but that's also the cub climbing into a tree not like hiding behind a tree at ground level but you also got to remember i guess this this falls on what's your point of view of sasquatch right to me sasquatch is much more intelligent than anything else in the woods and i don't know how, how many sasquatch encounter stories you guys have heard or anything like that but there are a lot of stories out there where people feel like they're being shepherded or herded into a group of other sasquatches by a singular sasquatch this is a technique that has been i want to stay away from the word documented because it hasn't been, but there are plenty of stories. I listened to this guy. His name's Dixie Cryptid. Cam, if you're ever listening to this, this is the guy's name, Cam. He reads off Sasquatch 
personal stories from people that send him their own stories. And Cam, if you ever hear this, we would love to have you on the show. Reach out to me. And I know that I've already sent you an email. So please. (laughs) He has read off a lot of stories. You know, I can't validate these stories or anything like that. But there are a lot of stories out there where people are being hurted by these things or being persuaded to go in a certain direction. And that's what I'm seeing from Patty. I'm seeing exactly what I'm hearing or reading in other stories. My opinion is I do believe that it's real, but this particular scenario, I don't fully believe is happening. I hear it. I agree with that. Until I look at the video over and over and over again to really see if there are other ones there, I can't say for sure. If the the male is waiting in ambush and they are as as intelligent as people claim they are, why would it be hiding where it's basically plain view sticking out <laughs> you know I feel, right. I feel like it would be further in if this is the real thing patterson and gimlin are in their territory they know it better than them they would have played it better in my opinion i get it that's just the theory right that's just the conspiracy theory that there was a big group of them and stuff i am fully in the belief that this thing that was filmed is a big mm-hmm. foot in my mind, there's no doubt about it. There's so much evidence. The website that I went to to find it is called PattersonGimlinBigfoot.YolaSite.com. That's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E.com. And they have everything. I'm talking about the walking pattern. They have the whole thing about the metatarsal break. They have the height and the weight. The exterior attributes of the Bigfoot, talking about Hollywood throwing out the Planet of the Apes movie. They have its side profile and how the top of its skull matches great ape skulls. They talk about the the hands closing and opening, the body ratios. Do they have everything on this site? It is incredibly detailed. And this is all the ways that it could not be faked. And in my mind, looking at that evidence, looking at the video, rationalizing for myself i can't come up with a logical this is a fake thing the best i could do was that it's walking that way because there's a piece of wood on the bottom of this person's foot and that's that's it that's the only thing i could think of that makes this kind of fishy for me but it's a flawless movement it doesn't stumble doesn't trip trip you're absolutely right it's a creek bed it's not like he's walking on pavement or she's walking on pavement it's not good terrain And the fact that it's looking at the camera or looking at either Patterson or Gimlin while it's walking across this rough terrain lets me know that this thing is comfortable like that. Either they did a hundred takes to get it right, or this is a real thing that they stumbled across. I can't get really behind the idea that there's multiple of them or that it was some sort of a come get me display and guide you into a trap. But for me, looking at this video, I believe this is a real thing. Absolutely. I'm there with Jake. And to me, one thing I do believe that we can't see in the video, I'm sure there are other ones there, but they're just where we can't see them. And if they are real, part of why we haven't been able to prove it 100% without a doubt that they're real is because they're very good at not revealing themselves, right? I'm sure they're there. There's more in that that video and we're just not able to see them because they don't want us to see them. Besides, look at that coat. That's dark, like either really dark brown or black. So who's to say in the rest of the video or even, heck, while you're out, literally you are out in the woods somewhere, 
how do you know that what you're looking at is in fact the shade between a bunch of bushes that is a very very dark coat that would blend in underneath any tree between any group of bushes if they it, it is a real animal then this thing has a coat that would perfectly match its surroundings oh yeah it doesn't have to be green it doesn't have to be brown to match tree bark like that black coat would be like a black bear could just blend in and hide anywhere, anywhere that there's a spot where it's a little bit darker. You really wouldn't know what you're looking at. And that's what I find in a lot of other research into this topic where people said, hey, I filmed a Bigfoot. This is what I saw. Or they break down this grainy picture. They're looking underneath trees and say they pan the camera and they stop it on a frame and you see the silhouette and it's hard to distinguish. Is that a silhouette of an animal? a bear, a Sasquatch, whatever it is, or are we trying to believe that that's what that is so we're looking for it and that's why people are seeing it, or is it just a shadow? Mm -hmm. If these things are super advanced, they're very, very smart, they know to stay away from us, and they have a coat that could help them to blend into the woods, gosh, it would be so difficult to see them. It's hard enough to see black bear, and they are not as skittish as these things are supposed to be well said i kind of get the feeling though that we kind of took the wind out of jeremy's sails though (laughs) yeah (laughs) all of his points are gone (laughs) i mean i guess my final thought on this is that i'm on the same boat as you guys I, i think that we're looking at a real life animal this is definitely for sure something that is biological this is not a man in a monkey suit you're seeing a Sasquatch or a Gigantopithecus or whatever it is. You're seeing a upright walking primate in the middle of the woods in North America in 1967. I I can definitely see where you guys' hesitation is when you're talking about other creatures or why it was walking in that direction. I, I can't really say belief because I still have to do my own research on it too, but it's very intriguing and it is something that I'm going to look into because I want to know that answer. I want to see more videos. I want to see negatives. I want to see, you know, I want to see a lot of different stuff on this video that I haven't seen before, but unfortunately I've pretty much seen as far as I know, I've seen almost everything that I can. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. because I have been obsessed with this video ever since I had my encounter with Sasquatch or with a upright walking creature in new England. The unfortunate thing is, is if this conspiracy theory is right, that they had other footage and it was clipped to just be this one It would go along with a lot of other sightings, too. There's a really famous Sasquatch video, apparently, on a security camera from a casino that's in Arizona. Ooh, you talking about the trash one? Yeah, where this nine-foot-tall Sasquatch walks right underneath the streetlight. And they said that for like 10 seconds, it's completely visible and walks right up to a dumpster to kind of dig through it and look around. The problem is, is that video has been apparently, or according to the people that have seen it, it's been kept by, I believe it's the Navajo Nation, who don't want people to come poking around in this area to come and look for this thing. They don't want that sort of attention. There could be, this is air quotes, you know, there is or isn't or could be a video out there, the clearest video, way clearer than this, that's being kept by somebody 
to not give away that position. Now, whether this video was kept in a way to conceal the fact that they were pretty much rolling in there like a raiding party armed to the teeth and they didn't want to bring that sort of negative opinion on themselves or maybe as simple as they didn't want as much to be revealed because they wanted to keep the claim and the location all to themselves. I don't know. I mean, it, they said straight up it's Bluff Creek. I don't know what exactly the motivation would be behind that, but there could be a lot more to this that we may never get to see in the same way that video of a Sasquatch standing at the, underneath a streetlight caught by a security camera might exist, but we will never get to see that. So that video... I've never seen it. I've tried to find it plenty of times. But like you said, there has been a handful of people who have seen it. That video has just up and disappeared. It no longer exists anywhere. It never was uploaded to YouTube. It was only kept locally at that casino. And only a handful of people have ever seen it. And unfortunately, I don't think anybody ever will see it. And I've heard a lot of different theories behind it. The one that you said where the Navajo or or whatever that tribe was that has that footage right now or had that footage is keeping it so that they don't have crowds of people coming in there trying to look for Bigfoot makes a lot of sense. It could be very bad for business, but on the other side, it could be very good for business if they were to release that. That is like a big thing that they could... Uh, they could use to make money. But then you have to go into, you know, the spiritual thing that they probably believe in. You know, they don't want to mess around with the Bigfoot and they want to show it respect. So mm. we're never going to see it, unfortunately. I don't know. I bring up this point every single time we talk about this, but it's really where I constantly sit is that I'm just going to have to see one of these for myself mm -hmm. or at least do my best to. Let's be honest, if no body has been recovered, if hair samples, and they have come back from being analyzed and come back unconclusive, some primate DNA and the rest is unconclusive, but everyone's too scared to touch this. Major scientists don't want to dig into this one just to lose their credibility mm -hmm. with their friends and their colleagues. But if it's still in the realm of a possible animal, maybe make-believe maybe a person in a suit, maybe every single footprint somehow is, you know, a fake. We're just going to have to have some people that are determined enough or lucky enough to see this thing for themselves. And one of the biggest things for me being back home in California is that the Pacific Northwest is supposed to be a huge hub of them. And that's where this was filmed. Mm -hmm. Dude, I want to take a trip to Bluff Creek. Like you guys better make a plan to fly out here. So we can do that. Even if we don't see anything, we'll have a good time. But oh, for sure, being able to get this recorded for ourselves, something like this, like apparently there's what all the things that that happen whenever there's Sasquatches around the tree knocking, the screams and not bobcat screams or um, or mountain lion screams, deep guttural screams, rock throwing like people have all kinds of experiences like, I'm just going to have to experience that for myself, even if I don't see one. If I stumble across a track or a bunch of tracks, you know, footprints, if I experience the screams in the woods and the rock throwing and stuff, that'll be enough for me to say, okay, yeah, this is a real thing. This adds up. But yeah, I, I'm looking at this video, seeing all the evidence for it, and I'm 98% sure that this is real. 
there's two percent of skepticism there and the rest of it's like yeah this is real is it safe to say that if we made enough money on this podcast that this could be our first business expense (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd be down i mean let's put that out there Hey, anybody listening to this, you know, give us your your listens. Spread this around. If you guys want us to go out there to Bluff Creek, California and do an in-person investigation and bring you guys along with some video cameras and stuff. Got to spread the word. Let's get Infinite Rabbit Hole out there and we will go do that. Oh, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> Be a blast. All right, Jeremy, I got one question for you. I got to know, does this creature resemble the one that you saw when you were younger? Um, Yes and no. So the thing that I saw was not that bulky. It was definitely an upright walking creature. It was black like this one. The hair length was roughly about the same, but it wasn't as stocky as this. It was skinnier. And I don't want to, I mean, if they're saying that this thing was seven and a half feet tall, I don't know if the thing that I saw was technically seven and a half feet tall. I give it a solid six foot maybe six and a half feet, but ah, man, I guess this comes into what we were talking a little bit in that last episode, Jake, uh, the to Bigfoot or not to Bigfoot about the regional differences. So I think that what I saw was exactly that. I think it was a regional difference. I think I definitely saw an upright walking primate. I know that there's a small section of my brain that doesn't want to necessarily call it a primate, you know, now that Dogman has hit the the scene and the whole idea of, I think I saw ears on top of this thing's head, but I don't remember anything like the, the knees bent backwards or anything like that. I do believe that I saw a Sasquatch. It just wasn't that big. It was much scrawnier, but this thing was still extremely strong and strong looking, obviously because I put a, a white tail on its shoulder. I mean, I guess I don't really know how to answer that. I I just, uh, yes, no, I guess. So I want to throw this at you because you're describing the one that you saw. You're saying it was probably shorter, a little bit lankier. And yes, that could be a regional difference. I know because we were talking about that. And just for the viewers, we were talking about the difference between black bear and states with smaller game animals and black bear that are in states that have bigger game animals that there's hundreds of pounds size difference due to the prey that they're eating. And that could be when we're hearing about sightings of Sasquatches, why that there's, there's those differences, you know, whether it's, you know, and I don't believe in it, but let's say evolutionary or that because of the region that they're in, it's the same animal, same DNA, but it's a different size or it's a different muscle structure of it. But what about the idea that the reason why Patty in this is bigger? What if the one that you saw was a juvenile, say a juvenile male, and this one is a mature female? Say they were about the same size, but this one's bigger because it's a female. Let's just look at human females the fat distribution is different in males to females. Mm -hmm. What if this one is so much bigger? Like, let's not deny the fact this thing has a booty. Um, (laughs) What if the reason for that 
And the difference is, is because this one is a female and the one that you saw was just a younger male. Yeah. And not to mention, you know, there's that theory that we won't agree on that she had a baby. And that's why you see the the breasts are all full on Patty. We're not saying that we don't agree that there's others. We're just saying we don't think we see him. I get it. I understand. I, you know, that's a really good point, actually, Jake. This thing's a juvenile that I saw. I don't, I mean, I never want to come across that thing again. If I see a Bigfoot, I want to see it from the comfort of my truck from three or four football fields away. You know? scope, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to see it you know, from 50 yards away again. And if that thing was a juvenile, I can't, I, ah, man, I would shit my pants if I ever saw a full grown male or female, full grown Sasquatch in general, I would shit my pants, but you might be right. I mean, this thing could have been teenager or in its early adulthood, man, that's scary to think of though. Or what if the Bigfoot that we see in that video is pregnant and that's why, it's so stocky, kind of chunky and got a big booty, you know? That could be too. That could be. It could be. You know, I mean, look at women when they get pregnant or any animal. Yeah. They kind of fill out a little bit. <laughs> the things we'll never know. Yeah. It would make sense to me. And I'm just, dude, I've got the screen pulled up. I'm just looking at these pictures of the stills of this Patterson Gimlin film, just looking at the stills right now. Those differences in males to females and say age differences make sense to me why the one that you saw maybe had the same color but was different because anywhere in the animal kingdom males and females are different they don't look the same they aren't the same colors they aren't generally the same size let's just say that yours was a juvenile and that would make sense more sense but even if it was full grown and an adult, they're not really the same. They have their own differences. It makes sense to me that this would be a real thing. Man, I just, I'm looking at the picture right now too, and I can't help but feel that I'm looking at 100% a Sasquatch right here. The thing I saw was definitely not that bulky, and that is extremely terrifying to think that something could be that big. Jeez. But yeah, I think those are all good points. I really do. Absolutely. Well, you guys got anything else to bring up? No. I think we did a good job on this. What do you think? I think so, too. I think we did real good. Let's go ahead and close this out, then. Cool? All right. Yeah, cool. let's do it. Sounds good. Anybody listening to this right now wants to hear us talk more about Bigfoot, I'm 100% down with that. What do you guys say? Yeah, me too. Oh, I'd like to get some personal stories and um, different, if we can, different videos, even if they come from like hunting Bigfoot or whatever that show is, or finding Bigfoot, we should get some more videos. If if anyone listening wants to recommend us a story or some videos for us to break down, I would be interested in doing that. Oh, I've got tons of them for you, man. I, if if anybody is listening to this and they want us to hear hear us break down more Bigfoot videos, let us know. Like Jake said, send them to us so we can watch them. But if you guys can't come up with them and you want to hear us talk about more Bigfoot videos, don't worry. I gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear some more uh, stories from other people and see more videos. That'd be awesome. I've got some pretty intriguing videos. I'll post on the group chat the dumb animated version of that casino 
camera. They did it on one of the the episodes of like the Finding Bigfoot or whatever, where basically one of the people that had seen the video gave them pretty much what happened, and then they mm-hmm. recreate it through animation, and it sucks because it's, it's not. Yeah, I thought that it was going to be the real thing, and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting, and it was that, and I was like, oh, this is stupid, like that B movie, you know, sci fi channel yep. animation, but hundred um, percent CGI. But the person talking about it, the gosh, it feels so real. Like they wouldn't be something they were making up. And then they're like, yeah, but you know, we don't want people snooping around here and poking around. And it's like, dude, I understand that. Like it's the Navajo nation. It's protected land. Like we don't want a bunch of people coming over here, outsiders digging around on our property. If you, you know, struck oil on your property, you'd keep that shit a secret because you wouldn't want people to come over there and be digging around and, you know, or whatever it was. I struck gold on my 200 acres. I don't want people coming over here digging for gold. You know, (laughs) there's no way you can put a a fence around all of it, you know? Right. It's just, I, I get the idea behind keeping it a secret, but it's so unfortunate because if that video actually exists, that right there would be the best, most conclusive evidence that this is a real animal versus this grainy, out of focus video from forty years ago or whatever. Somebody comment on our Facebook and say you want to hear us talk about more Bigfoot videos because I love this. <laughs> All right, so that's it, guys. Jeremy barely took over the entire thing. Barely this time. I've made it a point to say that I am no longer going to take over uh, episodes. I'm going to let these guys take the reins more often now. We shall see. I'm not saying anything now. Now you guys can close it out. <laughs> you already said you're doing it. We already have a, like an exit thing. The Well, we already said the everyone send us videos, and then we already have a pre-recorded exit, so we really don't need to say anything. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming out, man. I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. It's no secret that Bigfoot is a gigantic passion of mine, and I really love the subject. So... I hope that we can do more later on in the future. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right, guys. Peace out. All right. Later. Thank you for joining us on this episode. If you'd like to comment on this episode, you can do so on facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. If you have a story to share with us or would like to be interviewed, you can contact us at infinite rabbit hole at gmail.com. Thank you again and have a great day. That was awful. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yep. I didn't think it was that bad. Damn. <laughs> Jake did. <laughs> yeah, you have to be bad. hard on him. You can't you can't let him slip. <clears throat> you can't. You know, just go off the rails. You got to be hard on him. I won't learn anything that way. <laughs> you got to be mean. <laughs> Nasty. There was a man by the name of Patterson Gimlin. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> there was an... <laughs> One there man was... named Robert, Robert Patterson and Bob Gimlin. One person. Yeah, one person. <laughs> there. Hold that thought. Yeah. <laughs> Hold that thought. He's got to pee. Uh-huh.
I came to this honestly thinking that one of you guys were going to come in here and be on the the I don't believe it side. So when Jake said that, yeah, I don't I don't believe in this shit. I uh, I was excited because I was like, oh, cool. This just turned into a debate. Now, this is going to be good stuff. And then he goes, no, I'm just kidding you. I, I, I think this is an animal. I'm like, fuck. 